Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production, and we are on our way to a gun range, South Bay Rod and Gun Club, and we are recording the second podcast of the day with Michael Sowers, former Navy SEAL, Samantha Bonilla, former Marine, the power couple behind Forged, clothing brand um you guys we just did an incredible hike we hiked we hiked up uh san miguel mountain amazing that was incredible you you gave us a a good insight into the murph challenge and how far it's come um how your brand has supported the the growth of the murph um all the good and all the money that has been raised because of it and also more importantly for someone like me how a civilian um, can support the MRF, can get involved and do a modified workout even when I'm not in shape. Not where I'm not I'm not uh, where I want to be, but the MRF will help me get there. And uh, for that, I appreciate it. So thank you guys for for podcast number one, and welcome to podcast thank number you. two. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Yeah, thank you. So uh, if you are trying to start a podcast and want to do something different, do a video podcast and have a former Navy SEAL drive your truck to a gun range <laughs> that's literally how this is going down today um, so if you guys are watching on youtube you get to see the behind the scenes footage um, if you're just listening on audio thank you for listening um, we appreciate you and one of the coolest things one of the most important things we talk about every week is is digital hospitality and how businesses are able to utilize media digital media social media um, using their mobile website to generate sales so that people know what their mission is, why they're doing what they do, but also hospitality. Um, Hospitality is the heart of a company. It's the mission of a company. And as much as we love digital, a lot of the magic happens on the ground. Um, I'm sure as a former Navy SEAL, Mike, you can, you can agree with, uh, you have to have a strong ground game, even, um, even in business. Is that, is that true? Yeah, everything comes back to planning, uh, especially in the SEAL teams, everybody would always say, hey, why do you guys spend so much time on planning? It's because if you don't have a proper plan, you can lie to yourself all day long and, and tell yourself, hey, I got this great idea, it's gonna work. But if you haven't thought that idea out and thought it through and thought of all the contingencies, it's not gonna work. Nope, no, no plan ever goes as, as you draw it up on the board. I mean, just like Mike Tyson used to say, yeah, every plan's great until the first punch is thrown, and it's so true. So you definitely have to have a great plan, you have to have contingencies, and you have to know exactly what you're getting into. For example, having Mike drive while talking on a podcast. Yeah, and if you do drive <laughs> before you talk about on about that one. <laughs> if you do drive before you get in the podcast, make sure you always adjust the side mirrors, especially, <laughs> especially if the person driving before you was a good foot taller than you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things that we, we try to teach the people listening is that just because we started Behind the Smoke as a podcast, we evolved into a video podcast. Um, you don't always have to do things the way that they are prescribed. In fact, a lot of the innovation and the things that the greatest things that have happened for our brand, for Cali Comfort and Cali Barbecue Media, are when we have gone with our heart and followed what we thought was something different, something unique, and capturing video, capturing audio. Um, after we do this podcast, we're Stover, our producer and journalist, is going to write up the episode. Um, he'll put all the links, the things that we talk about in the show notes. 
And it's just, it's very important for business owners to understand that there's so much more at play in 2020 yeah. um, with running a brand and especially a clothing brand, a brand that's on a mission, a, a brand that participates in campaigns like you guys do. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about the birth of the brand? So on my last deployment in the SEAL teams, uh, we were stationed in Ramadi, Iraq. And during one of our operations, we got in a very intense firefight. And one of my teammates, Elliot, he was shot during a firefight. And he was when we tried to evacuate him, he was hit by an IED and he was critically wounded. And we got we barely got him out in time. He had to be life flighted to Germany. He lost half the blood in his body. And it was just it was a devastating moment for our platoon. Um, we never saw him until we got back stateside a few months later. And when we got stateside, uh, a lot of guys in the platoon, we wanted to help raise some funds to, with uh, aid with Elliot's recovery. So I had a little experience in making t-shirts and hats for the platoon. So me and uh, another guy decided that we'll go ahead and make a t-shirt and we'll raise some funds to help with Elliot's recovery. So we made a t-shirt and we started selling them around the team and we ended up raising a lot of money within a short period of time. So we used that money to help aid with his recovery. And then a couple of guys at the team started asking me to make more t-shirts. They said, hey man, you should make another t-shirt. You should make another t-shirt. So I recruited another SEAL buddy of mine who knew a little bit about graphic design. And I said, hey man, I said, you want to uh, make a few designs? Maybe we can uh, turn this into a company. So we started making the t-shirts and selling them around the team. And we were just literally selling them out of the trunk of our car. And it just kept picking up and picking up. People would ask us to make another one and make another one. And I, I think it was right around Christmas time. We had been doing this probably for about four months, but right around Christmas time, it just took off. And, you know, we actually were like, wow, man, like, I think I made more money doing this this month than I did in the Navy. So we well sat down and we're like, oh, maybe we should turn this into a company and, you know, maybe see where it would go. So at that point in time, I, I had 13 years in the Navy. Uh, so I, I was, you know, over halfway to retirement and I had planned on just staying into retirement. So I just told myself, I was like, you know what? I'll give it two years. I'll get out. I said, I'll give it two years. If I can't make this thing work in two years, I'll come crying back to the quarter deck and let me in, let me in. And, uh, you know, I got out and it's been successful and the rest is history. So what was the name of the company when you first started? So when we first started the brand, it was actually, we called it Knox, K-N-O-X. It's like hard knocks. And it was probably for about the first four months of the brand. We had created about four designs. And all of a sudden we get a cease and desist letter in the mail from some lawyer in Northern California that tells us, hey, you guys are infringing on the trademark. There's a likelihood of confusion. And at that point, I had all the money I had saved up invested in the company. So it seemed like the most devastating thing that could have happened. So at that point in time, I reached out to a lawyer and he told me, hey, you know what? The easiest thing to do is just to change your name. And yeah, that sounds easy, but I had all my money invested in these shirts. So luckily we had a big enough audience and a lot of support from the SEAL team. So we were able to sell our existing inventory of the Knox inventory and 
recoup our money back. So then we started searching for names. Well, it seems like it's very easy to come up with a name. If you've ever thought about coming up with a name for a company, you're like, that's the best name in the world, mm -hmm. you know? And then the next thing you know is you, you go look it up and, oh, that business is taken. All right, you go to the you know USPTO, you look on that. Oh, this name is taken. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there for a good month just looking for names, looking for names, and just could not come up with something that wasn't already trademarked. Uh, and then one day I was looking through my closet and I came across uh, my old Hell Week t-shirt and there was a saying on the shirt and it said, the hardest steel is forged in the hottest fires. And I just thought about that and forged is, it, it's a saying, or it's a, it's a word that we use in the teams when you ask, hey, is that guy forged? You know, and you say like, when something is forged, it, it means that it's formed with great concentration. You know, if you just look up the definition of forged, you know, it says to form by heating and hammering, beat into shape. You know, if that's not the definition of someone going through seal trading, then nothing is. So I just, I, I really resonated with that word, you know, forged is used over and over again in the seal creed. Yeah, and I, and any, anytime when you talk about something that, that has been formed and, and uh, developed that, that took a lot of blood, sweat and tears, you, you'll hear the word forged used again and again and again. So I just happened to check out the word. Um, I liked it, I wanted to use it. So I took it to an attorney and there was no brand that was solely using that word. So we had him uh, put in for a patent and trademark. And after a few attempts, we actually got the, the trademark for forged. It's incredible. When, when did the Trident um, get included as a logo? Obviously, uh, you know, being with the SEAL background, um, you know, the Trident has always been something that represents the SEALs. And you know, the Forge Trident is just simply a three-pronged spear. The SEAL Trident, you know, it has, you know, the Eagle and a three-pronged spear and a flintlock pistol. So it's different than the SEAL Trident mm -hmm. for the listeners if you've never seen it before. Um, but for about the first three years, we didn't actually have... A, a Trident logo. We were just using the word forged in some different fonts. But then, you know, with any good brand, you have to have a very, very recognizable logo. So the, we decided that, you know, the Trident, since it represents us, it represents the SEAL teams, it represents the background and the grassroots brotherhood of where this brand started. So there's no better symbol than the Trident. Yeah, I think that's, especially being a retail company, what are the challenges that you had doing? I mean, you said you started obviously selling out of the back of your trunk, but then you needed to become an e-commerce company and you had to develop a website. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't have me or my my business partner starting out. Neither of us had a college degree. We Neither of us had any experience in business. So just figuring out, you know, if you've never had a business before, there's, there's a lot of obstacles you have to overcome. The first thing is, how do I even register a business? Yeah. All right. What do I need a business license? All right. How do I, you know, start a website? How do I buy a domain? There's, there's a lot of questions to put together. And anytime you ask for advice, if you want professional advice, unless somebody really likes you, you got to pay for that advice. So yeah. it's just a lot of getting on the internet and just read, which is the great thing now with technology. You know, say 12 years ago when we started the brand, yeah, there was, 
you know, technology and there was assets, but there's a lot more assets now to help entrepreneurs out. For sure. But it, yes, even a website is you can put so much money into a website. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's like to say it's like a car. You know, when you get somebody to work on your website, it's like taking your car into the office. Somebody's like, oh, you took your car in. You owe me $3,000. <laughs> What'd you do? Oh, it's all under the hood. Yeah. You know, a website is like the same way. So I would say the first thing you do is have a budget. Have a budget of what you can spend on a website. Find a web developer. You can do a website yourself. We, me and my business partner attempted that for about four hours and then we decided that <laughs> hire it's, an expert. it's a lot better to hire it. Let the professional people do the professional stuff. Yes. So you spend your money where it needs to be spent. If people come to a website and it's not functional, people aren't going to buy anything. That's like having a retail store where the front door won't open. Yep. Guess what? You can, it can look beautiful on the inside, but if I can't get in to buy anything, you're not going to buy a single thing. Yeah, so, I, think, I think that's very important. It's something we talk about every week. And, you know, one of the things that impressed me with the Forge website is how mobile friendly it is. And mobile friendly is something that 12 years ago wasn't top of mind. But now in 2020, we realize how little we use a desktop computer and how pretty much all of our web surfing is done on our smartphones. Yeah. Um, you know, if I think about, you know, just my own house, like the only computer we have is a tablet, which my son uses, you know, it's not, we don't have a desktop computer set up for surfing. You know, if we're looking to buy something, my wife and I, we go on our iPhone and buy something. And if we find a brand that is compelling, like forged, and I find some gear that I want to buy, it's gotta be easy to purchase. It's gotta be sexy. It's gotta be easy to, you know. One click, thank you, Jeff Bezos for Amazon, you know, making things, the easier that you make that website with information that's compelling, brings you to the heart of the heart of the business and the heart of the company. And it makes you want to come back. That entire e-commerce experience, that's that digital hospitality experience, you know, from all the way to getting the package in the mail, knowing that, you know, somebody at Forge cared enough to hand package that up and send it off, you know, to our house, that means the world to me because I know someone cares on the other end. And that doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, that, that's very true. I was watching a speech by Warren Buffett the other day, and he said something about customer service in there that really resonated in the fact that he says, you know, throughout your lifetime, if you go by a place, a restaurant or a store, you may not even remember what you bought in that store or how much you spent in that store, but you will remember the experience you had yes. at that store, that yes. restaurant. You know, even online, it's the same thing. Yes. And, and people don't forget those experiences. If you give them a, a satisfied, pleasurable experience at your store, they're going to come back. You're going to get repeat customers. If they get on there the first time, and they try to buy something and it doesn't work or it's a 12 step process yep. just to click on a shirt and buy it, you're probably going to lose that customer. That's 100% true and stuff we talk about to our staff all the time is we can have incredible food, we can have incredible HD TVs with the game on and the audio and we can't control the outcome of the score but what someone, what will compel someone to write on Yelp is definitely that hospitality. If they were ignored. They are definitely going to write that they were ignored. Oh, yeah. 
Um, you can't ignore people because that's just the things that people remember are going to be why they come back to your business, why they want to write a five-star Yelp review, why they want to tag you on Instagram, why they want to tweet about you. And those are, that's that exponential power, that word of mouth, you know, becomes a word of smartphone, um, to whatever network people are, are sending it out to. And you want it to be positive. You don't want it to be negative. Indefinitely on that note is know your analytics. Like when you talk about people, the, the majority of mobile users growing. Oh God. I know when I look on the back end of our website into the analytics and Sam can speak to this more too through marketing is you'll get surprised yourself sometimes yes you're like well i own this company so i know <laughs> how everyone buys my product right yes. and i remember just the other day i was looking on there and we released a uh was it a, a sale we had and over 80 percent of the purchases were from a mobile device yep so it, it really is you know most people now it's it's instant gratification i want it now i see it I got an email blast yep. or I see an ad for your product on Google. I'm on my phone. I click. I want it right now. Yep. And that is what's so great about social media also now is that you can directly tag your products in your post, yes. which is what we do. So it makes it even more simple for people to just click that post. It pops up by now. Yeah. You know, it's so easy. And they, you do that through Instagram, right? Yeah, it, it links up through the uh, oh, Facebook, and Facebook shop. Too. Yeah, mm -hmm. it links up through the Facebook shop, and it just that's what people want now. Buy now, you know. When can I have it? I want it now. Well, it's I mean, it, and the buy now too. It's it's got to be compatible. Like there's so much that happens on the back end of uh -huh. that that it's if Facebook is transferring between Instagram and in shopping to a different shopping cart, like it has to be a pleasurable experience because everyone hates dealing with passwords like yes. password man like I, i've already given i've already <laughs> given the fucking iphone my credit card so let me pay with apple pay yes. like once i learned that there's apple pay it was like a whole new world opened up to me and i'm for someone that loves technology and loves digital like i was hesitant to incorporate apple pay because i didn't want to be the asshole at the check at the at the checkout stand you know, fucking with my phone and holding up the entire line. So I literally didn't use it until I did. And then I had an oh shit moment like, oh shit, why am I ever using a credit card yeah. if I can pay with Apple Pay? Right. But then you go to a website where you have to put in, you know, the, the shopping experience is shitty and you have to put in, you know, all your information that right. fucking Google already knows and Apple, are, like everyone already, mm -hmm. I've already given it to Facebook. Apple knows it and so does, and so does uh, Google. Let's make it easy yeah, so I can buy what I want to buy. Everything streamlined, right? And quick and easy, and that's definitely one of our goals too. Because I get annoyed with it, also, you know. Oh yeah. And what what's your content um, plan as far as for producing content for the the social channels? So we have a digital agency. Excuse me, digital agency that we bounce things off back and forth ideas. Um, so we really have a whole content calendar for the whole year on important dates, memorials, holidays. Um, it has all of our promotions for the year outlined and obviously things like the Chris Pratt um, situation last year. Resurgence things, campaign. Yeah, the resurgence campaign. Things like that just pop out of nowhere. So, of course, we have well, I think those, those things are important because your ability to pivot and to do something for a cause makes you a compelling brand being able to react to yes. those situations you know that's the biggest thing is if a brand doesn't have the ability to react to situations like that like take for example the jd de guzman campaign that we yes. ran for the fallen san diego police officer yes. 
um, Forge was able to react to that and raise over $72,000 for his family. That's incredible. Um, And basically it's building that team as well and building those relationships with your vendors and people that want to work with you. And those are, are good experiences. You know, if if you owe a vendor several thousands of dollars and a situation comes up, an opportunity, uh, you know, he's not as willing to work with you. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you have a bad working relationship versus someone you have a good working relationship with, they're willing to stick their neck out for you. And maybe that they're going to go ahead and have their staff come in and work the weekend just so they can. A little technical uh, difficulty here. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are they serious? Oh, it's a Navy SEAL driving this? Come on, Sean, I hope you have insurance on Jesus this truck. Christ. Oh, I'm, I'm a business owner. I've got a fuckload of right insurance. <laughs> That's a hot business tip. Make Jesus. sure you have a fuckload of insurance. I was wondering, you watch that show, uh, Cash Cab, you know? It's like, the game show in a car! And he's asking questions <laughs> while he's driving around. I guess it's New York City, yeah. so you're, only, you're like just breathing on fumes going through there. Yeah. Right. Don't worry, we're only like four miles from Mexico, so if something does happen, we can hit it. We're good to go. We're <laughs> good. We're but covered. it's also very important to us to post every day. Like some people think that's too much, but if you're not out there, you know, and getting in front of those customers and potential customers, people forget about you or they yes. unfollow you. If yes. you're not posting, yes. yeah, I'm going to unfollow you. Yes. Like, yeah, relevancy. You definitely yeah. have to stay relevant. So those story posts are so important. Page posts are so important, at least posting once a day, I think. Why are story posts important? Because I think that's something that I, I, I couldn't agree more with, but I'd love to hear your perspective on so it. So for me, I don't know if it's algorithms on Instagram. I'm still trying to figure it out. But more people see my stories yes. than they do my posts. 100%. And I'm still trying to figure that You're out. You're absolutely, that, it's the same so, for us. It's, it's easier to see and it's more compelling. I yes. actually find myself personally watching the people that, the people and the brands that I follow mm-hmm. more on their stories than yes. I can, because I can't even find their posts anymore. Exactly. And so I don't know I don't if that's just because there's too much content Instagram on Instagram, right. but, but nonetheless, the stories are more compelling. Right. Because it exactly. gets to the heartbeat of the brand or the personality. And it's, and it's most, a glimpse. It's a glimpse into their life. At yeah. most, it's 15 seconds, which is really all I want to see if Correct. I want to pass if I can. But it's also engaging. We can engage our customers by having them do polls. Yes. Which design do you like better? You know, And they love that. They just totally love that. Uh, and you have the swipe up features. So now mm-hmm. if I see a product on Forge, I'm like, hey, that's cool. I love that. I can swipe up. takes me right to that link and I can buy it right then and there. Yep. Um, so I love stories. It just makes everything easy and it's great for brands, I think. And with, you know, in the age of technology, with all of this information coming at us, it seems like people's attention spans are gets getting smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller. Yes. You know, <laughs> they'll too long didn't read now. I mean, anything read. more in a paragraph? Well, yes. a sentence sometimes. <laughs> like, it's too long. I don't want to read it. So you know? even that's something to take into consideration on your website. Everyone wants to talk about their brand. Everyone wants to say, if they just knew what my product was about, they would buy it. Yeah. You know, it's like, even if you think about in the restaurant industry, it's like when you walk into a restaurant, they have the story of the restaurant written on the back of the menu, you know? No one gives a shit. I think I was at Ruth's Chris one time and I finally was like bored because they took two hours (laughs) to give me my steak. So I was like, why the hell is it called Ruth's? Chris. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why is there two names? Why does one name own the other name? That's correct. 
is because a person sold the restaurant to the other person. That's correct. And they wanted to keep the name in there. You, you actually know? did a good job. I was really bored, and that's why I did that. But most right? of the time, people aren't interested in reading the entire story. No. So you have to get your brand. You have to be able to basically have your explain your brand in one sentence. Yes. And that is the most important sentence that you can have on your website for having people you know new people coming to your brand see what your brand is about. And yes. that's not to say you can't add the whole story to your website. But just have your one-liner and then have a simple read more From here. From that yeah. sentence, I yeah. should know what you're selling or what service you're providing me. You know, yes. just one sentence. Yeah, if you can't tell someone what your brand does or what service you provide in one sentence, then you really need to rethink how you're marketing it. 100% agree. We're huge fans of Donald Miller's story brand. He has a podcast and also does a book. But everything he talks about is if you confuse, you lose. So all that extra information that people add, it's just extra brain calories that you're making somebody, forcing somebody yes. to overthink what the content is. Like right. ultimately every person, every customer, they're the hero in their own story. So how is your brand, how does your service help that hero? You're the guide, they're the hero. So how often do you guys go to the gun range? How often do we want to go to yes, the gun range, or how often do, to or to how often do we actually make it well, to we the used gun to go range? A lot. We used to go all the time. Yeah, we, but, uh, we used to make it at least a couple times a month, but now we're lucky if we make it every two to three months, honestly, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It's just, you know, people always say, like, if you like doing something, make it your job. <laughs> but, you know, after being a Navy SEAL for 13 years, and now becoming an entrepreneur, I still like shooting weapons and scuba diving and skydiving and, and doing those activities. Yes. But it's harder and harder, yes. <laughs> especially, you know, being in California. It's not like it's the easiest state where you can, uh -huh. you know, with the friendliest gun laws, <laughs> right. you know. So it, it's not like there's a ton of shooting ranges that, that are, you know, right. Or you actually have to drive a good hour mm -hmm. to get to any shooting range in San Diego besides an indoor range where you're just, you know, shooting some paper at so 15 really yards. Yeah, so I guess the short answer to that question is not enough. Yeah. <laughs> shooting is a very per perishable skill. Like anything else, if you don't keep doing it, you know, it, it, you're going to digress and you got to get back out there. So if, if you don't do it enough, it's like you're just, you know, keeping, you're just trying to maintain where you were right. when you left. You know? Yeah. It's like being a professional golfer, not doing it for a year and then getting back out on the course and you're like, you're just more, you know, you know, disturbed how your golf game isn't as good as it was before. <laughs> yes, correct. And Sam, when oh, did shit. when did you start um, your modeling career? Oof, that's a great question. Obviously, after the Marine Corps, <laughs> um, so I got out in 2012. Didn't even have Instagram or Facebook or any social media, so I started building that up. Um, I started getting into competitive shooting, and I think that's when people started noticing more. My following started growing, and people were like, "Hey, so you were you posting about you were posting about your competitive shooting?" Yeah, uh huh. Cool. Yeah, a lot of my stuff in the beginning on Instagram was all range stuff, um, and me just shooting competitions. And then companies started reaching out to me, "Hey, we'd love to have you model for our holsters or our gun belts," and then it kind of took off from there. 
And how many companies currently now are you under contract with? So probably about four or five sponsors. Four or four five, or five main sp sponsors and then just other companies that reach out to just contract me for one day mm -hmm. uh, for their photo shoots or video shoots, whatever's needed. Um, what kind of stuff do you like doing the most? What's we the most just enjoyable? did a really, really cool photo shoot in Utah and I got to dress up as a police officer and do some cool tactical stuff. Um, they had the smoke, the lights, sirens. It was really neat. I really enjoy the tactical stuff more so than like the beauty stuff. Like I did used to have a contract with a, a jewelry company and that uh -huh. was really hard for me because my audience on Instagram is not, it isn't females to be honest. Yeah. It's a lot of males. So they don't want to see the What? Stuff. It's a lot yeah. of males. <laughs> oh, they didn't care. This new, you're supposed to be I looking at the analytics, that. Mike. I wouldn't yeah. You're supposed to look so at the that analytics. That goes into knowing your audience, because the second <laughs> I started posting that stuff, I was losing followers, because they didn't care about jewelry and diamonds and, you know. You mean they just wanted to see a shooting a machine gun in a bikini? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So you did the, the shoot in Utah. Yeah, that was really cool. So that's for the company. So they're they're creating the content. Are they sharing the content with you as well? Correct. So it was for um, it was for several companies. So they were a media company. So they do the content for Five Eleven, Patagonia, um, Aqualung, Call of Duty. They do Call of Duty stuff. So we basically shot for multiple companies while we were out there. Property. We should actually be doing like a video of this podcast and make this whole thing like a movie. We're watching it. That's happening right now. Like like a movie of a movie. A movie of a movie. I see. You know, like when they do like a movie about people out filming a movie? Yes. Yeah, that would be a funny movie. We're doing a lot of that these days. Behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. The drones of the behind the scenes. It's really funny because Mike would come with me on a lot of my modeling jobs and he would just do all the behind the scenes stuff and help advise, you know, the tactical part. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I started getting calls like, oh, we have another photo shoot coming up. I'm like, okay, great. Well, we actually want to use Mike this time um, <laughs> for the tactical side. He's really great. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like now Mike's stealing my modeling jobs. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you got like two of them off me. Yeah. He went from light holder to model. That's how my model career started. That's how yep. his model career started. I went from light grip to actual model. <laughs> All right, this is where GPS is down. Remember the time we were trying to drive to Nick Esiason's house? Yeah. Who literally lives at the back of Rancho Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, a $4 million house. Mm -hmm. And we were driving through the Elfin Forest. <laughs> and literally, it took us to a, a river. It happened to be raining in it's San Diego. It took a service road. And the, we get all the way to like a mile from his house. Jesus. All right. So we're wrapping up this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed going on a behind the scenes backcountry tour of San Diego to the South Bay Gun and Rod Club <laughs> with uh, Michael Sowers and Samantha Bonilla. We, uh, we appreciate you guys. We're going to put everything in the show notes, how to follow them on social. Um, we're also going to check out, check out the YouTube uh, page, Adventures of Mikey and Sambo. 
Um, I love what you guys are doing. I want more behind the scenes stuff of you guys arguing. <laughs> that, that's what real life is. Um, cause that's what me and my wife do when we travel. Um, true love. That's how, that's how it rolls, is, yeah. you know, but, but it's, it, it's forged in love and what you guys do, um, as your company, what you do for veterans, what you do, um, as brand, as an entrepreneur, I really appreciate it. And, uh, so fired much. up for sharing everything that we have, um, on the podcast as well as on YouTube. So thank you guys for listening and uh, check out the, check out the gun range um, episode that we got as well. I appreciate everything. Thanks, John. Thank you. For sure. Forge.com. The Murph challenge.com. Cali BBQ media.com. Boom.